This is the Invincible Podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about Invincible, Episode 4, Neil Armstrong, Eat Your Heart Out. I haven't been honest with you, Debbie. About what? About the murders. Nolan? Cecil thinks I had something to do with what happened to the Guardians. But you didn't. I'm the only survivor, and I'm not human. And Cecil's never liked me. You have to talk to him. I've tried. This could get bad. Oh, God. What do we do? We stay together as a family. You, me, and Mark. All you have to do is trust me. Nolan! Do you trust me, Debbie? There's, there's a dragon behind you! Please, do you trust me? I trust you. You have no idea how much I needed to hear you say that. Okay, now do something! I'm on vacation with my beautiful wife. Let Cecil earn his paycheck. Fellow Guardians of the Globe, you're listening to the Invincible Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. This time we're talking about episode four of the Invincible Show, Neil Armstrong, Eat Your Heart Out, available only on Amazon Prime. I am one of your hosts, Chris. I'm your other host, Derek. I definitely have to take that out of our notes, Chris, unless we're going to get paid by Amazon Prime. You're not allowed to say it like that. Yeah, I know. I know. You really <laughs> do. It's, you see, I, I am literally wrong, Burgundy. If it is on a script for it to be, I will read it. And as I say that, I probably is going to be, something is going to be put in there someday by you as a practical joke, and it's going to get me in trouble. You know what's happening, Chris. You know what's happening. Uh, yes, this episode called Neil Armstrong, Eat Your Heart Out. I just keep thinking of, of it as Invincible in Space, because that's what this episode is. <laughs> it really is. And you can literally, I, I wish they did do that. The one thing I do miss about this is we, we don't get that, you know, the, the, the movie trailer guy. Uh-huh. Like, it's like... In a world far away, <laughs> there was Invincible going to Mars. And you kind of, that really terrible. I would love to see, like, they have to do that at some point. I'm sure the Honest Trailer will come out for yes. uh, for Invincible after the show is finished. So uh, we'll have we'll have at least Honest Trailer guy over on YouTube doing his his voiceover for the show. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. But yes, welcome back, Guardians. I like I like that, Chris. Guardians is really good as our, yeah. our listener name for the episodes of Invincible. Very good. I like see, it. off the cuff, off yeah. the cuff. Off. It works. This I'm keeping it. I'll put that in the notes so we don't forget it for the future. Yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it will just constantly be going. Uh, Mauler twins. Welcome back, twins. Exactly. That might work. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, there you go. Thank you for joining us. We are glad to have you back for the fourth episode of the Invincible Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. Before we pop into the details and our spoiler-filled discussion of this episode, just a quick reminder to pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustry.com where you can leave us a voicemail feedback or any types of feedback that you want. You can also email it to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Tell us what you thought of the episode. We also have spoiler posts up on our Facebook group, 
Facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. You can just let us know what you're thinking. Is it good? Is it bad? What do you like? What do you not like? Tell us us all. Also, when you're over at TVPodcastIndustry.com, make sure you like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. But it's a podcast, so just make sure you subscribe and leave us a good old review on any Vulturemite or Earthling-based podcast catcher. Absolutely, yeah. We're pulling triple duty at the moment on our podcast. We've got Invincible. On Fridays, we've got uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode three, coming out on Saturdays. And then on Sundays, into Monday morning, we have uh, Pennyworth, uh, which is our third show. So we're covering Image Comics, Marvel Comics, and DC Comics each week at the moment. So uh, lots and lots of comic book podcasts or comic book TV show podcasts coming out on TV Podcast Industries. Make sure you stay subscribed over there to get access to all of those episodes. Yes, because you know what's coming. Do you know what wrapped? Witcher 2. Witcher 2 wrapped. Wrapped yesterday. So that's a coming soon. Mm-hmm. Well, hey. <laughs> we like, oh, so much stuff in the books. So much stuff. I know. It, it's also <laughs> scary. So scary. It's not scary. It's all good, Chris. It's all good. <laughs> uh, well, more scared for your caffeine levels. Like, you used to give out about how much caffeine I had in my system. Mm-hmm. No, we need to keep you constantly in the caffeine so that you can keep editing these podcasts. And the only way we do that is through a nice little bit of subscription. Make sure you head on over to patreon.com slash TV podcast industries. If you like what you hear and you want to throw us an old dollar for a bit of coffee into Derek's bloodstream. That would be awesome. You know, there is actually a support website called buymeacoffee.com, which I should probably set up uh, for TV. <laughs> so you just literally buy me a coffee. Uh, which, oh my God. Which is that like, just like you press a button and a Starbucks drone just kind of comes in the window and drops out a vent day? I think it's just the cost of a coffee. Oh, uh, okay. But I do like that idea too, Chris. Yeah, I do. <laughs> In in a world where you have Amazon drones, mm-hmm. pretty sure at some point that that is going to happen. I am sure. I am sure. <laughs> but anyway, let's get into Invincible. Once again, these episodes created by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley. Uh, this episode directed by Jeff Allen, once again. And the episode written by Ryan Ridley. Now, Ryan Ridley has some really strong writing credits, particularly for animated shows. Uh, he started off uh, doing multiple episodes of the excellent TV show Community uh, from Dan Harmon. And... Of course, as with a lot of people on the writing staff, he went over and worked on uh, Rick and Morty with Dan Harmon. Now, I can't remember, Chris, how much of a Rick and Morty fan you are. Uh, oh, I'm a lot. You're, oh, you're a pretty big. Pretty big. A pretty yeah, big. so uh, you, w- you may recognize some of the episodes that uh, that Ryan did. He did uh, an excellent episode where a uh, little gorgeous, cute little puppy dog uh, goes slightly insane by getting uh, getting the ability to think uh, in a in a helmet that's in the first season. Uh, and mm-hmm. he also did the uh, the infamous Mr. Meeksieks episodes uh, of, uh, of the show, so in season one as well. Uh, so some really good credentials there from Ryan. Yeah. One, one thing I'll quickly call out on Ryan, the writing staff, around Kirkman and stuff, that, that you are now seeing, in my opinion, this kind of new wave of Hollywood writers and creators um i say hollywood entertainment let's call it that <laughs> yeah um who have a they are like the next wave where the, the style of comedy is us so previously uh in like in the 90s you had a lot of procedurals and all that very similar styled content where it was like csi miami la las vegas law and order it was all the same type of cop drama, the same with all the same dark, gritty undertones. Oh. Now you, now I will say you had West Wing, you had The Shield, you had some of these other tent poles. But what now we're getting with a lot of these writers is 
when like Dan Harmon works with Ryan, Dan Harmon is notorious for building this group of like and fostering this. So you've seen it on some of their uh, video games, the VR games they mm-hmm. do, Squanch games. They all they percolate across because they 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 find a really good writer for one really good style, and they kind of bring them across and populate. And you can see a bit of the humor that Ryan brings to this episode, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yes, I think we'll I think we'll talk about one of those in the notes, yes. definitely. Uh, yeah, they always say once you've got a creative team that works together and enjoy working with them, well, you want to work with that creative team again. It's much less risk working with somebody that you know is good at their job than uh, working with brand new people <laughs> is always the way. But uh, but obviously, uh, no other connection to Dan Harmon in this show, but uh, but really good to see Ryan in uh, in this uh, this capacity working on, uh, on Invincible, a very different show, I think, uh, from what he's done before. But uh, yeah, I think you can tell a little stamp there from him. Uh, Chris, do you want to give us the official synopsis for Invincible Episode 4? Sure. It's two firsts for Mark. A first date and a first trip to another planet. At the same time, Nolan and Debbie revisit their own first vacation together. Oh, see, this week sounds like it's the uh, the romance episode when you put it like that, doesn't it? Yeah, it's all about those firsts. <laughs> First alien invasion. Uh... <laughs> well, the entire series, it's the first series, so everything's brand new to us uh, in, yes. in Mark's life. But yeah, this is kind of the central premise of, of Invincible. One of the things that, that you can definitely take from the comic books is what's it like when a real high school student in the current present day is also a superhero. So the ideas of the pressures of dating, I suppose, when you're a superhero, that kind of thing. That that was a lot pulled out in the comics from uh, from Robert Kirkman. So uh, so of course he's going to be going on dates. Of course he would. Yeah, it's it's also that there's an element of the 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 truth that yeah, if we had real world superheroes and we were sending a man mission to Mars, we would probably send them a security. Yeah. But it'd be like, no, don't be seen. We like you're there, stay quiet. This is a humanity thing. You need I, to yeah. bolster humanity and morale. I love that from from uh, from Cecil or Cecil, yeah. uh, where he's saying, um, we need a win. The humanity needs a win. They don't need to be told that it's a hero that actually sort of out. And that brings us straight on to our top point, our first point uh, for the episode. Let's talk about the mission to Mars. This is actually Mark's second time in space, and because we're doing shorter episodes, we completely forgot to mention his first time in space. I'm really shocked, Chris, because his first time in space was when he met Alan the Alien uh, on yeah, the moon. And you true. didn't uh, mention Alan the Alien, Chris. I, so, first of all, Alan the Alien, fantastic character. Brilliant. There's a whole backstory there that... Absolutely. Feverishly, f- I want them to get into. Um, voiced by the indomitable... Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. He's also working with Kirkman on Invincible. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a live action or a feature, but it's a feature of some kind. Yes. Uh, we're not sure if it's live action or animated, but uh, it's unc- a feature. Unconnected live action features was yes. uh, the most recent rumors say. Anyway. Um, so, fantastic to see him here. Alan the Alien is a fantastic character. But yes, we did, we, we kind of glossed over that. Yeah. So if you, if you don't remember and you're not a comic books reader, the Alan the Alien moment was uh, effectively an alien coming to attack Earth. Uh, Mark knocks him back, then sits down and has a chat with him and realizes he's looking for the planet Urath, not Earth, and has yeah. been attacking Earth for multiple years trying to get there uh, to test the uh, the champion of of the Earth is effectively the story that was in there. We may see him in future. It's just because it was such a big cameo from Seth Rogen that I was really surprised we forgot to mention it. But we're talking about the second trip into space for Mark, his, his, trip, uh, his trip up to Mars, uh, as you mentioned. But uh, I kind of like that it kind of kicks off from the first date that he has with Amber. Uh, they go out, uh, they, 
go out together and she they seem to be getting into a relationship he, she's saying you know it's time for we're gonna have a second date kind of thing and then he goes home and finds out that he's going off to mars for two weeks and has to yes. put their date put their, their relationship on hold effectively yeah well well he he volunteered to go to mars for, for two weeks because he even says is this where i put my hand up mm-hmm. uh, i'm paraphrasing of course but no this is the fun part it is very much yeah like he's trying to balance the 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 human aspect to his uh invincible aspect yeah um very quickly before we jump back in to the, this i do love that they're consistently finding a way to do the opening credit. Absolutely. It's just, he has not said his name. It's just, it's always just, hi, I'm invincible. Uh-huh. It's like, it's fantastic. Anyway. And this time it was with the uh, the climber on Mount Everest when yes. uh, himself and his father are standing right at the top of Mount Everest. Man climbs and the guy goes, Don't worry. Off. I'm <laughs> good, good fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad, glad they're finding it. Like, it's like, by if they are to get to like season two, episode 10, then I'll have done 20 versions. And I'm like, well done. Okay. Like, hats <laughs> off on this one. Anyway, back to it. Yes. They, uh, Mark gets home. He gets to decide he volunteers to go on this large trip. Um, and yeah, it, it's essentially that he's able to, he has to go back and say his, uh, I'm going on a humanitarian mission. Yeah, to some or, country, somewhere to some else. Country. It's, yeah. it's deserty. I uh, <laughs> don't really know where. There I, no I cell service. I kind of love that Amber uh, takes him at face value as well. She's kind of like, yeah, he probably wouldn't know where he's going, even though he's signed up to this thing for two weeks. I think I think that's quite funny. Um, I love I love the kind of uh, the piece from uh, from uh, Cecil and Donald where they're kind of talking about the the fact that of course there's, you would need protection on Mars because where do you think Martian Man came from? Uh, you know, it's it's this idea that uh, that there of course are going to be aliens in Mars. We know about that because there was a member of the of the formal former Guardians of the of the globe that is from Mars. So so we do know that in this world. Yep. Uh, but it's a very different uh, species upon Mars that caused the problem for Mark. It is. Um, so we get to so he gets his trip. He doesn't get his snack during the two weeks because the sandwich breaks because. <laughs> Of course, I, I do I love. I do love him opening his helmet and eating a sandwich on, on the side yeah. of the ship. That's quite fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Um, anyway, yes, we get. To, he gets to Mars. He gets. He falls asleep in the Martian sun, as you do, mm-hmm. and sees that the the Marsh the Martians have taken his beautiful astronauts away uh-huh. from him, and he manages to again cause a massive dust storm, and uh, the sequins are all over the um the inner tunnels when he rips open the thing and the sequins are these they, i suppose the best way of putting them is um they are very similar to Starro the DC character okay uh they are a hive mind little kind of yeah they they look like starfish type things uh and then uh, basically, they take over and control a humanoid body or a body. Now, the Martians themselves are able to morph out of, so therefore there's nothing for the sequids to attach to, so therefore they be basically become dogs to the Martians because but, they can't yes. control. Yeah. So that is like the, the big thing is just like the sequids are a, after having come to Mars via uh, a, um, a crash spaceship. They have killed all their other hosts, and they have nothing, no host to attach to. Now they are like 
planet extinction level, level killing bad guys. Uh-huh. But they have nothing to do on Mars, so they just become there. They're just stuck there because of the yeah. shape shape shifting abilities of the Martians, which is very That's cool. a better way of putting yeah. it, yes, thank I you. I like that. I like that. Really, really cool idea. It really really reminded me of the uh, the brain slugs from uh, from yes. Futurama. Yeah, yeah. Remember those uh, that just attached to people's brains and suddenly they're completely mind controlled. Uh, but I I really like this idea that effectively the Martians have stopped this invasion and stopped this conquering race from going anywhere else. There's nowhere else to go. They can't control anybody until yeah, the Earthlings come here, uh, the astronauts arrive, and then suddenly everything's at risk again. So, uh, you know, they, they schedule the astronauts for termination in case one of them gets off because it could take over Mars straight away and then it could take over Earth is effectively the, the threat that they have here. Suddenly it's, um, we could be conquered if they take over one of the humans and yeah. then it will go back to Earth. We do find that, unfortunately, even though they all escape in a hilarious moment. I do think this is brilliant with uh, with Mark, who going, I totally understand. I understand that position. And then and it cuts immediately afterwards to them all running away really fast around the Martians. That's, yeah. a, that's a great comedy moment. That feels very Rick and Morty. Yes, uh, exactly. It's just like fade to black and they're running away. Yes, with the whole of the Martian army behind them. Exactly. Um, this, this whole thing for me was just fun. It's just... It was even the the aspect of where right he flies, he throws them onto the ship, and they're they're trying to get away. He goes back, and you get that kind of ah ah ah, and then like two of them, the army and Mark going together, flashing, uh-huh. and it's just them screaming as they're about to hit, and then it hits, and there's so much dust. No one's really hitting each you other for a few minutes. You can't see anything. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but there's only one of him, so of course he's surrounded by them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, really good moment. And of course, again, the uh, the astronauts, as they are trained astronauts from NASA, start to go down, they go through their countdown sequence until uh, their windows get slightly cracked. Uh, and then they go, uh-oh, <laughs> need to uh, need to escalate yes. this, need to speed this up. Uh, but we see another future threat for the show here. Um, either a Martian who is a shape changer has taken over uh, one of the astronauts um, because that, that astronaut is still on Mars and has been taken over by one of the sequins with the exact thing the Martian King feared effectively has happened. But we see that the astronaut that's on board the ship is shape changing. He is moving yes. something around on his body. So maybe that's a sequid controlled Martian uh, that's in there. So the se- Martians cannot be controlled by sequids. While they're shape changing, isn't it? They are still fearful of the Sequids, I thought. Uh, no, they, they basically are a slave race to the Martians. Okay. They, the, they have no control or there's no fear for the Martians of the Sequins. Right. Okay. At all. So, yes, what we see is essentially what the Martians feared. The Martian uh, monarch, the king, who is voiced by the amazing uh, Dijuan Hanzu, who you remember uh from the fantastic quote of who when uh star lord chris pratt goes i'm star lord uh yes he's the the character from guardians of the galaxy he's the kree soldier from captain marvel guardians mm-hmm. of the galaxy he's everything yeah. he's been in a lot of stuff and i think i mistakenly quoted that he was the leader of one of the other alien races in one of an earlier episodes of invincible this is definitely him you can definitely hear he has lines i think i, yes, I even exactly. commented the fact that that person didn't have lines and uh and was Digimon Hansa. Uh, so i was wrong but you're absolutely but you're right chris this is this is the moment that they all feared the leader of uh leader of the martians was afraid of of this happening and the the key thing i would call out is you saw when it flashes back there the, all the sequids are kind of they become this hive like mm-hmm. thing so you see that 
wave of sequids coming down on the Martian. That's yeah. what they feared. And yes, watch this space. The astronaut is go- like basically he, he, the astronaut that is on the shuttle going back. We see the shape changing element of his flag on the American flag. Yeah. The little uh, blue square is on the wrong side and then it shifts back up to the correct side. Yes. Um, so could be a shape changing Martian. Yeah. Who knows? It could be a replacement for Martian Man who has been killed in the first episode. So, uh, so potentially exactly. this is just a new superhero on Earth. But to close this out, we do get the very fun aspect of Mark. They, they, they've gotten away. The, the shuttle is away. He flies back down. All of the Martians are around, still trying to shoot him. And he's just like, <laughs> he just picks up a Martian rock and goes, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take this and then flies off. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the comedic element I loved the most. It's just like, because he's, he's, they can't hurt him as much. He's more worried about the collateral damage of the astronauts. And stuff. So when he just goes, he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this. Or see you guys. Bye. Yeah. And then. And of course, it means absolutely nothing. Because when he hands it over to Amber, thinking it's this wonderful present for her from his trip away, he can't even explain what it is. He just has to say, it's an Earth rock, a Mars rock for yeah. you. Uh, and don't tell anybody. Don't give it to anybody. Don't get it tested just in case they might tell you some crazy things. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the core of the episode in, in that first point in, in the mission to Mars. Um, will we talk quickly about Damien uh, being sent back to hell? Uh, Damien Darkblood. Yes. Um, so let's do this. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they they are, in my opinion, playing this element up a bit more, which mm-hmm. is fine. I, I think I called this out, you know, in our previous episode. So yeah. it's, like, it's not that Damien Darkblood wasn't as bloodhound on uh, the Omni Man uh, conspiracy uh, in the comic books as he is in this. Ah, Damien Dark Bloodhound. I like it. Yes, Bloodhound. It makes sense. The co- a comic book and a, uh, the viewing habits of a comic book and the read, sorry, the v- reading habits of a comic book and the viewing habits of a one hour TV show over 10 episodes is completely different. So they are, they have added some elements for the TV show. And actually it does seem to work because it is adding this level of in- intrigue. I don't know. Well, like you, you, you have some knowledge of Invincible, mm-hmm. the comic book. For uh, so, what are you? How are you finding this? Because for me, it's just they're 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 flogging a dead horse. Okay. But in not, it's not a terrible thing because I know it for the greater story it makes sense. Yeah, I, I think for the for the TV show you need to know that somebody is possibly on to Nolan here. Um, yes, you know for for this whole story that's set up the way it's set up you think it's going to go going to go one way with a kid being brought into the superhero realm effectively his father goes and slaughters all of the guardians in the first episode you need to have some through line for the rest of the episodes that somebody is on to him and we do find here from damien when they have that conversation when nolan goes over to his office and we think plants the evidence which is what we think is, yeah. is pointing everything towards damien gets him uh taken off uh the the board and sent off to hell um we find in that conversation that Damien knows it's Nolan. He's he's done his investigation now. He knows there was only one other person there. He knows it has to be Nolan. There's no other reasonable explanation here. So having that kind of tension there, I suppose, I think is important to the story. Um, not having that tension, not having anybody other than uh, not having anybody suspect that it's Nolan, and not having someone that thinks they have proof or thinks they have a really good reason to think it's Nolan, I think is is uh, would be a, a, a worse version of this show. So I think it's yeah. important to have Damien in there. Um, 
So we kind of talk about all of that actually in, in, uh, in two lines, really. But um, just to kind of mention that he does let slip that he thinks that Debbie knows uh, yep. to, to Nolan. Um, Nolan starts, well, has been acting a bit weirdly around Debbie, so tries to placate her by taking her off on their trip to replicate their first date uh, off to Rome. And they talk yeah. about their first date and, and chat about how they how they got together and how she dumped him immediately afterwards because he just assumed, I'll fly you to Rome and then you'll you'll worship me effectively. Um, and then she went back to him because he saved kids uh, in the future. So, uh, so you know, I, I kind of like that. Uh, given there's the other side of this conversation going on, does Mark tell Amber about his um, identity? We find yeah. out that actually on the first date, affected the first time Nolan uh, met Debbie and took her on their first date, she knew exactly who he was. She knew he had superpowers. So interesting that that's, that doesn't seem to have been a conversation in their relationship, whereas Mark's being do- told to don't tell anybody your secret identity because it could be troublesome for you. Yeah. So we did briefly see... Uh, Nolan and Debbie meeting with the car. Uh, I think in one of the previous episodes. Yeah, I was trying to trying to remember where that was. Was that in um Was that in the uh, opening titles, or was that in like a flashback scene? Flashback, really quick flashback. Of, scene. Yeah, it yeah. was a quick flashback. Yeah. it was just the oh, it's the conversation. It's the conversation with Mark. Yes, about him coming to Earth and him meeting. So like that. Yes, so straight away she knew met Nolan. Nolan met her, saving her from a car. Very very. Um, Barry Allen and Iris West from okay. uh, the Snyder Justice, Cut. From Justice League, yeah. Justice League Snyder Cut. Ba- very much like that. It was basically, they always met as uh, he eats a hot dog and... <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, that was still a weird part from the Snyder Cut. A little. I, see, I, see, I was absolutely thinking of Superman and Lois Lane. Like that's that's the kind of their meeting, and that's Omni Man is is a uh, version yeah. of Superman. So, yeah. So, okay, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But there's just, there's no Clark Kent. So Nolan didn't really have the 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 uh, the, the secret identity when mm-hmm. he first came to Earth in that part, um, but anyway, so yes, you're right. There, there's this, this, there is a dichotomy, this difference between them, and Nolan is placating, yeah, um, Debbie a lot in this, yeah. in that he like he's saying, "I need you to trust me on this again," and like as a big dragon starts destroying Venice. Yep. Which I loved. Just he's like, no, let let Cecil earn his books. Come Absolutely. On, and Debbie's like, kind of going. These people here are hurting. You need to go and save them. Not, not he's my just job on my holidays. <laughs> I'm on vacation. Yeah. We do get the best line ever from Cecil on this, in my opinion. Right. Which is what we get is as Damien Darkblood is sent back to hell because he is always just cares about the black and white. Damien Darkblood just cares about the black and white. That is the problem. Mm-hmm. Cecil is saying, essentially saying, I need the grey as I investigate further on Nolan. Like, I need that difference. And you are getting in the way. And this is the, the very much one of the reasons I love Invincible is it talks about the grey. Mm-hmm. Now, it is hugely comic booky. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we just saw a dragon destroy parts of Venice. Mm-hmm. But there is a lot of talk about this grey, and there's a lot of talk of the collateral damage. It's there's no, it's not your your, and I understand in recent years it's less so. But in the Batman and Superman DC, it's, let's say Superman in Superman, it's very black or white, good versus evil. Mm. Uh, there's a lot more of that. In this, 
universe, especially in this comic book, there is, and you're starting to see it in this, it's all different shades of grey. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, the fun parts of what we're going to see throughout the, the show. Absolutely. It's also a planet Earth I would not want to be living on. We had no. a kaiju attack last week. We have a dragon here in Rome. We've got Martians in space. We've got uh, creatures that can suck your brain and take over the entire planet. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's not much good in this universe no. <laughs> at all. Um, a fi- final thing just on this point of Damien being sent back to hell. What was your read on the post-credit scene i'm going to call it post credit because it was one credit and then uh, an extra scene of the episode where we had um debbie talking to nolan in the bedroom and then we hear a growl which is damien darkblood's growl uh in the in the wardrobe or from the wardrobe of uh, of uh nolan and debbie's bedroom what, what did your what was your read on that is is damien found a way back really quickly from hell has he left something behind where he can still hear them from sitting in hell <laughs> i think it's that i think because he was in that he was in there. So I think he's left something. Some kind of be it a, d- a demonling, yeah. a, a, d- a demonling, whatever. A baby demon. Oh, well, okay. I, I don't know. He left something. Yeah. Um, very much like Nolan planted evidence in Damon's office mm-hmm. that has caused him to be sent back uh, to hell. I think there is something similar here. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but that is my call. Speaking of... Uh, planting evidence, blood evidence. Mm. Let's talk about one blood sample to another. Um, our final point is the Mahler creation and robot taking a blood sample from our explode. Yes. Yeah. I was, I'm kind of intrigued by this. We, we talked a little bit about, uh, the, the moment at the end of the last episode where we find that the Mahlers have been released, that the Mahler twins have been released. We find out it's robot at the end of last episode. We see he's still watching on as, uh, the one of the Mahlers, the one that's left after killing his twin brother, uh, and leaving the one that's left goes to created another twin as robot watches on um and then he takes a blood sample immediately afterwards so or very quickly afterwards in the episode so it got me thinking hang on a second is he trying to make um is he trying to make clones of everybody that he's recruited into the garden of the globe is it a way of him you know potentially making a backup of all the people that are in garden of the globe in case the same things happen to them in the future then he'll have a clone version of the of the group (laughs) that could just step out and replace them without anybody in the world knowing is this the plan that he has is it actually even though last episode i thought this was a really bad thing maybe this is a good thing robots actually trying to do something to prepare the world and make sure they're secure and safe and then we have his moment of going to talk to a kind of shrunken human, um, bowing before him and saying, finally, phase one begins. Um, and now I'm, it's all out the window. I have no idea what he's doing, but it seems like he's working <laughs> for somebody else. So he still seems dupli- duplicitous now, this episode again, by the end of us. Uh, but halfway through, I was thinking, is this something that he's doing that's good for the world? Maybe. Both, both could be better for the world. I, yes. I, I don't know, but but by the end of the episode, when you see him bowing, like kneeling down and bowing before this, that means that to me usually means he's working for somebody else that he's not supposed to be working for. But that maybe just be my read on it. Could be very much could be. Um, I do love the 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 shrunken human, the Watu like mm-hmm. from uh, Total Recall. Right, um, yeah. The, yeah. The the style is uh, fantastic. Um, yeah, no, I, I I know what's happening, so I yeah. I have to be very cautious about what I say. I love how this is coming out. It's just beautifully like drip feeding, mm-hmm. um, and it, I see a lot of people will go, "Oh, MG," 
WTF? I'm probably going to be one of them, Chris, and you'll yes. be here to hear it. Which is I will. Good. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> Anything else on, on that point, uh, Chris? On the, no, on the not really. It, 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 it's just fun that the way they are doing it, uh, some scenes, some elements are ripped straight panel from panel from the mm-hmm. comic books, where others are not. Like the Mahler creation is slightly different, uh, but it's fun to see and watch, and it's a, it's an interesting kind of piece. Excellent. Well, if that's it for the uh, main points of the episode, a few notes uh, that I think we should talk about uh, quickly uh, from the episode. Um, this was my Rick and Morty moment. Uh, this really felt like a Rick and Morty type callback uh, when Mark goes up to, up into space with the uh, with the space the space shuttle. Uh, we see something floating by in the foreground of space. Uh, it looks like a uh, like a a man with a rocket pack. Um, that's a little callback to episode one of the show where the immortal had a fight with a character called Biplane who was going to blow up Denver. And uh, Biplane gets punched out into space. As the immortal says, if you don't know how to take care of a problem, just punch it into space. <laughs> so now yep. we see what happened. He died immediately after getting into space and is just floating out there. But I love that that little callback, that's absolutely something you would see in the background of a Rick and Morty episode. Something that happened 10 episodes beforehand, just floating by in the background. So, uh, so that was a nice touch. I was like, who's that guy I had to go back and watch episode one to to catch it's very cool <laughs> there are little callbacks and i think throughout all the episodes which i think once we get the uh, 10 episodes i'll have to go back and re-watch all of them oh yeah because there's going to be lots of things in the background like i think i saw someone in venice in the background of one of the shots but i don't know so mm-hmm. i'm saying nothing i could be absolutely nothing okay but it could be something so it's one of those hmm I, I see I see you. I see you. I don't know what you're doing, but I see you. Well, did you see the Haley Joel Osmond uh, reference that was in episode three uh, that we didn't talk about last week either, where it's it's one of the members of one of the people trying out for Guardians of the Globe uh, looks like a really big bulked up version of Haley Joel Osmond as well. No, <laughs> so. Not until they, they, they went out on Twitter earlier this week. One thing I'll call out, if any of our listeners are on Twitter uh-huh. uh, and you're interested, Check out Invincible HQ, the official account. Absolutely. They are doing beautiful social content here. Yeah, really, And really a lot is. of it's just fun and call-outs, but at the same thing, Invincible Fridays are such a great thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Been running it for quite a long time as well, so uh, go check that out. Once again, of course, Amazon Prime. Uh, make sure you check out the X-ray uh, feature on the, on, oh, yes. uh, on Invincible because there's loads of little uh, tidbits that you may not be aware of, even just down to the music that's playing in each of the scenes uh, called out there in 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 the in X-ray. Um, couple of other notes for me. I don't know how many you have, Chris. Uh, just got two more uh, for me. I'll, I'll run through them cr- pretty quickly. Just a comment on Debbie and this uh, and and her moment where she's really nervous about uh, about. Nolan coming home and finding her and she sits down with a glass of wine to, to sell uh, the house for Olga. Um, I just found it weird. And I know it's an animation and I shouldn't complain about it, but I just found it weird that she reached into the fridge, pulled out a, a bottle of wine, poured the bottle of wine and it's actually red wine. Um, I genuinely thought my, my sister-in-law drinks wine with a couple of ice cubes in it, weirdly, but that is really unusual. So all I could think was, uh, this is, supposed to be rosé or white wine right (laughs) because you're not supposed to drink red out of the fridge yep the only red i know that you can drink out of the fridge is sparkling prosecco based red wine it's sparkling red wine right um which it which is different though which is absolutely you'd see the bubbles in the animation this was just like 
this is just plain wrongness. Another this is reason we should be called out. Absolutely, another reason, along with kaiju and uh, and dragons attacking uh, st- cities in our in our uh, in our world. Uh, another reason not to go to this earth. Uh, for yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Right, my last one is just my favorite line from the episode. Is uh, is where Mark is volunteering to go to uh, go to Mars and says, "Sure, I can just go up there tonight, and I'll be back tomorrow." And his dad goes. The fact that you don't know how far away Mars is, the reason you can't miss any school. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was really good, uh, really good gag uh, between the two of them there. Uh, Chris, any notes for the episode? The quick note for me is a correction uh, in our for our previous uh, podcasts. So we did say that uh, Science Dog was in a, an earlier episode. I think that was the uh, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Well, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna David shame you, but a portion to me. It's okay. Yes. Uh, so actually, this is an interesting piece. It, it's come out since that the the whole. I made the joke about Seance Dog being in episode three. Mm-hmm. Um, it is has always been Seance Dog in this show. Um, so for uh, our listeners, Seance Dog is a joke on Doctor Strange, uh, but he is. Basically, science dogs in the comic books. Uh, science dog is the jetpack wearing terrier superhero that Mark comic book that Mark reads and talks. And there's some great scenes in there uh, around this particular comic book. For an IP decision uh, that basically right. kept them from putting science dog in this, it makes um, sense. Yeah, it makes yes. sense. Yeah. So this is the the comic book that Mark is reading in the show. Kirkman decided that he wouldn't sell the rights to that comic book in case, since they have a comic book called Silent Dog, in case that ever gets a TV show or a movie in the future, he wasn't going to sell those bundled in with the Invincible yes. rights. It makes sense. It makes sense. But you never know. If uh, if Invincible is really popular, there could be a couple of spinoffs that are in the works. Oh, uh, I 100% so. see, like, the Guardians of the Globe Maybe. being a spinoff. Like, that is definitely something you can do. There's a whole comic book version on that, and there's some really there's a blind assassin who shoots guns hmm. um there is that's, that's like punisher daredevil basically pretty much right. uh with a bit of iron fist mixed in interesting <laughs> um there is some really great characters in this whole universe that we're they're, they're gonna drop the seeds yeah. to like shrinking ray uh and duplicate and all that like uh oh okay perfect anyway so science dog no it's seance dog I will very quickly call out in episode three, we saw a uh, multiple people in a cell. Um, oh, in, yes. Yeah. Yes. So if my guess is correct, this is Duplicate's brother. Interesting. Um, so this, like, maybe nothing may turn into be one of the biggest characters, one of the big characters later on. It certainly um, seemed like a person that had mul- was surrounded by multiple uh, versions of themselves, which yes. is which is duplicates power, Kate's power. So uh, yes, yeah, that uh, that I, I kind of expected that those uh, those dungeons or those cells would have people that uh, that you'd see if you paused. Uh, we come, we can come back in the future and see uh, how they play out in other episodes in the future. So uh, that's a good catch, Chris. Thank you very much. But there we are. So that is all of our notes for this episode. So you know what that means. Very quickly, we must decide our defense. So. In this case, Derek, do you defend episode four of Invincible? Neil Armstrong, eat your heart out. Totally defend this episode. This feels like, uh, again, an adult uh, Saturday morning cartoon. You know, it's it's nothing earth-shatteringly amazing, but it is 
really enjoyable to spend time with these characters in this universe. The weirdness that's going on, the uh, the different situations that they're getting into that you wouldn't get in Saturday morning cartoons is also great fun. Uh, just really enjoying these characters and looking forward to seeing how the how the whole series pans out uh, and and translates from the comic books uh, as well. So yeah, really really enjoyed this episode. Totally defend it. Thanks. Chris, how about yourself? Do you defend this episode of Invincible? I I do. Um, I do defend this. It, it is a halfway point for me, though. So it would be uh, three duplicates out of five. Okay. Um, the rationale here is essentially it's a bit of a filler episode. Okay. In that they 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 don't the story's not expanded too far. It, it, it was it was essentially the only the only movement for it is Damon Darkblood is no longer investigating. Mark essentially learn goes on a date and gets a second goes nearly gets a second date um so and gets his first mission to space yeah it's just but the, it's just not okay so yes it does but it's just not he no it's not it's his second mission to space his first trip to another planet sorry i was there thinking back to the uh, the synopsis yeah. i was trying to remember there you go. <laughs> but anyway uh so it, look it, it it's a it is a, a an episode of first it's just for me it was fun Filled Easter eggs, a lot of threads dropped, um, but it just wasn't as heart punching, kind of invincible of what I wanted. So, I think I'm looking very much looking forward to episode five. Uh-huh. Like that's the thing. I'm still in a hundred percent in it to win it with this episode. Um, but yeah, there we are. Excellent, excellent. Uh, we got some feedback in because remember we recorded our first three episodes before they aired on uh, Amazon Prime, so we've got some uh, some feedback in on the first three episodes. I think we're going to start every single section of our podcast where we apologise for something we said on the previous podcast because <laughs> uh, our first piece of feedback comes in from Timothy Langston. He says, first of all, I'm a big fan of the show, uh, but." The, f- the first issue of Invincible came out in 2002 before The Boys, which was in 2006, and predates The Walking Dead by a month or two. Uh, I did look it up, Timothy. You're absolutely right. That was a stupidly a question I threw out in the middle of our podcast, which we were trying to kind of rush a bit. Didn't have much time, unfortunately. We do usually stop and search things on Google so we don't get them wrong. Uh, having looked it up, I know our listeners would be really interested in this as well. Having looked it up, uh, Invincible, the first issue, uh, came out at the beginning of 2002, um, Mark actually made an appearance in 2001 in another comic book that uh, that Robert Kirkman was involved in. And Walking Dead, his much bigger and, and much more renowned comic book, turned into a massive TV show. That didn't start until October of the following year. It didn't start until October of 2002. So there was quite a big gap between Invincible coming out. It had a few issues out before, uh, before The Walking Dead came out. And I was asking the question purely because we covered The Boys as a TV show. Uh, we covered that on, uh, on TV Podcast Industries, uh, the first two seasons, uh, on our podcast. So I was asking the question as to whether Invincible came first or The Boys came first and Invincible did come first uh, by a four years so uh, quite a big gap they are very different shows I, I definitely make I definitely separated four episodes into the show now I definitely wouldn't be calling this the animated boys anymore it's a it's a totally yes. different world uh, it's just simply the boys being comic book made for adults invincible a comic book made for adults there's hundreds of comic book made for adults but it's probably just the violence the fact that it's on amazon prime uh, that was why it's in our head but uh, but yeah absolutely right and if anybody else wants to send us any corrections for things we've gotten wrong you can also email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com yes thank you so much timothy we also got some feedback from jerry in niceville who had this to say hey guys 
Invincible on Amazon is totally awesome. The voice cast is amazing. Mm -hmm. J.K. Simmons as Omni-Man is perfect. People try to compare this to The Boys. This is a bad comparison. This is Robert Kirkman's love letter to comics. Mm. The colours on this show are vibrant, blood is bright red, or have I been watching Zack Snyder's Justice League too many times? Parentheses, three times. (laughs) Jerry in Niceville. Jerry, three times for the Snyder Cut. Oof, that's, uh, that, yeah, maybe that's just one too many, but who am I to judge? If you love it, you love it. That's mm-hmm. the main thing. Completely agree on the voice casting, and but more importantly, completely agree on the love letter to comics. Yeah. As this comic book gets further in, as Invincible grew to the 144 uh, issues, it became that love letter. It has all of the big beats. It has the world earth shattering events that you get from marvel and dc Mm. it has this level of intrigue and darkness that you get from proper novellas it's just yeah completely agree because it was a reaction written to 90s comic books specifically because of when it came out it was a reaction written specifically to those muscle-bound superheroes all of the drawings of the 90s you can totally recognize that in the artwork and in the style of of the comic but certainly over time uh, became yeah. a love letter to superhero comics uh, in the same way that Walking Dead is a love letter to zombie genre uh, as well. Excellent. Thanks so much, Jerry. Uh, over on Facebook, Dr. Bob Phillips had some feedback from each of the episode. On episode one, he says, well, I was going to say this is like an animated version of The Boys, but you beat me to it. I really love the inclusivity here, dropping gay high school characters and middle-aged passion along with the lonely deep or whatever fish boy is called in this version. Uh, and it's an education as always listening to you guys chatting about the episodes. Excellent, Bob. I'm glad you're enjoying it because I know it's a very different show uh, that we're covering it once again. Thanks so much for joining us for it. Yes, thank you so much, Bob. And uh, Fish Guy is Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Or he was. Or was Aquarius. I think we'd probably just just call him Fish Guts now, maybe. Uh, Sushi? Yeah, possibly. Oh, now I'm hungry. <laughs> On episode two, Dr. Bob says, episode two down, and if there are two things you can be assured of in this universe, it's an ed- edutaining podcast and Chris Jones's complete inability to carry a tune. I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> you know, considering we recorded five podcasts last week, I can't even remember which tune you were trying to no, pull off first. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, yes, I cannot carry a tune. I cannot sing. But I like inflicting it upon so many people. Like a true drunken Irishman, except I'm not drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not today, anyway, Chris. Right now. Not right now. It, it's still early. Exactly. In fairness to our listeners, I will say I do edit out any of the ones that uh, that Chris has sung correctly so that we don't get any kind of copyright strikes against us. So um, Chris is laughing because he knows that's not true. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> it's never happened in life. <laughs> uh, Dr. Bob continues, two episodes we've opened with a pre-credit sequence with the wholesome story of the security guard and his troubled stepson. I can't help but fear for their health. Interestingly, we haven't actually seen those uh, those two characters since the second episode. They're probably off touring around Europe. But uh, but one of the security guard who is the step-parent of the kid he's taking on the tour, that was played by John Hamm, uh, interestingly. So I, I completely didn't notice his voice. Uh, I've, I've seen John Hamm in so many things as well. I just didn't notice his voice because of the kind of schlub security guard that he's playing. A uh, very different kind of character for John Hamm. <laughs> yes, I do hope we can get them back. Like yeah. that would that will be a, just a nice thread. Like, but I can see it waiting right till the last episode. But suddenly <laughs> see the back. Yeah. <laughs> we also have some feedback from John Hinckley who said, "I thought I'd love this show, but I'm shocked at how much I love it and how invested I am. So good. 
yeah, I, I think that this is a this is going to be a show that catches a lot of people off guard. Yeah. It's going to be this type of I, I want to say word of mouth, but it's only it probably will grow via word of mouth. But I think it's the the quality and strength of the show and the writing that's going to, and the actual characters that will kind of hook people. So I can still see some people catching up afterwards. Absolutely, kind of going, oh my god, have you heard about the show that's on? Like it's going to be that slow burn to a degree. Yeah. And I think because the, the the characters aren't well known, it doesn't feel like there'll be too many spoilers from the show as yeah. such. You, that you only get spoiled if you know the characters is kind of the thing, right? So, uh, so I've seen people from Chao Coker, the showrunner for Luke Cage, saying, you know, people should be getting on this. He's pushing people to watch it. I've seen uh, kind of nerdy girls are covering it. They're a massive uh, p- podcast and Twitter account who are pushing people to watch it. There's so many places that are saying go watch this, and it feels like. Maybe because people aren't worried about spoilers, they're just going to wait for the eight episodes to go out, come out and watch them as a big lump uh, when they all come out and then join season two, watching it week to week, potentially, if it does get a season two, mm. similar to the way the boys eventually took uh, took on and, and, and rolled out, I suppose. Agree, agree. And yet so many fantastic places are covering us, like TV podcast uh, industries. TV podcast industries, exactly, exactly. We also got some feedback from Jeff Childs who said, are they going to have to have someone vomit in every episode? <laughs> And I'm just questioning, did someone vomit in this episode? No, I had to no. check. I had to yeah. check. I was hoping there was going to be, because I did see the comment before the episode, I was hoping somebody who was arriving on Mars potentially uh, might might throw up or maybe, you know, someone's allergic to dragons in, in Rome, maybe. <laughs> Thanks so much, Jeff, uh, for your feedback. And John, um, finally, on episode four, this episode, Dr. Bob Phillips says... This series really does go to places that other programs won't. It digs into the corners of our experience other superhero shows don't even approach. Where else would you find explorations of house cleaning, the challenges of AI in interpreting ancient texts, and navigating the 21st century dating? I feel this has earned a further shuffle away from Monster of the Week, and I'm really looking forward to the tale continuing. Excellent, Bob. It is interesting, isn't it? It could easily be that. It could easily be a monster arrives and Mark has to beat it, or Omni-Man has yep. to beat it, and that could be every episode. And I love lit- the literal monster that arrives on Earth this episode has Nolan in his human form sitting with his girl- with his wife, Debbie, going, I'm ignoring that. Somebody else could take care of it. We have the literal dragon arriving, and he's not going to slay it. Um, you know, So it's yep. literally telling you this is not going to be a monster of the week show. You had a, a, a mummy return from the dead. Mm-hmm. To about to take over the earth, and it is Omni Man Invincible's dust trail that causes a storm that seals the mummy back in its grave. Very. It good is case. just like it's like you were like, oh my god, what? How's it? A blink. There you go. Done. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, they actually just did that. Like it's, it's yeah. It, there's there's a, there's a humor and a. A jabbing here, uh, a circumvention of standard yeah. Monster of the Week stories, which is great. You know, I watched the episode twice and I have it still written in my notes. We need to talk about Cahor, who's being raised to teach the world what it means to truly suffer. I've got it written in my notes and then completely didn't put it into my final notes because that, <laughs> nothing happened with it. So yeah. he's sealed back in his tomb. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I like it, Chris. I like it. Excellent. Thank you so much, everybody, for your feedback. Once again, you can email us to feedback at TV Podcast Industries. Pop on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV Podcast Industries. You can s- discuss any of the shows that we're covering at the moment, including... Invincible on Fridays, Fuck of the Witcher Soldier on Saturdays, and Pennyworth on Sundays. 
and uh, a week of me recovering from recording and editing all of those podcasts. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having us in your ears or in your speakers, in your device, just mm-hmm. listening to our dulcet tones as we break down this comic book amazingness. Yes, as Derek said, we'll be back for Falcon and Winter Soldier later this weekend. But for now, keep watching, keep listening, and more importantly, keep staying invincible. Bye.